आई वी एम Maya wanted a job but Maya had a husband so Maya was told you cannot work till you get your husband's permission what asking your husband if you can work welcome to the show the longest constitution i'm your host priya mirza and i'm a lecturer at zakrus and delhi college and i'm really excited about today's episode because while researching for this one i found out that where i teach has had an important place in the history of the rights of the disabled but more on that in a bit we are unpacking disability and still looking at accessing work why getting to the workplace is so hard because all the jobs which pay have already been taken and those who have them don't want to share in the first episode we saw how the cine costume makeup artists and hair dressers association said that no women would be members and although these guys were not employers themselves they were denying access to work by these unconstitutional conditions but in their defense the men said they denied women because if the female members are given membership then it will become impossible for the male members to get work that was their concern not merit not efficiency chalo at least these guys were honest but others aren't and all kinds of things ability competence efficiency equality merit health are used to obstruct access to employment our bodies are used against us to deny us that's what maya devi of maharashtra discovered she studied married had a child but she wanted more and when a training course to be a nurse came up she applied except that the form said married women must include the written consent of the husband along with their application consent of a husband and don't get me started on marital rape where a woman's consent is not even considered but for a job you need the husband's consent now maya's husband graciously generously wonderfully gave his precious consent but then he changed his mind but maya said sorry darling nothing doing if you can't change your husband change the rules and then the world and let's just pause and consider what these ideas are built on in this case at least the home is where the woman should be and she should ask her husband about stuff she wants to do and that work has less to do with the ability to actually do it but imagined inabilities so a man yeah able bodied efficient yeah but woman pregnancy maternity and marital status can actually go against her but at least the state recognizes that women are a different class of citizens under article 15 part 3 but what what about those who are truly invisible so our constitution registers the historically oppressed scheduled castes scheduled tribes backward castes our weaker sections but what about the disabled the differently abled whose characters are shaped more through mythology than reality the blind the deaf the physically incapacitated the mute capable able competent but invisible because they aren't even recognized by the constitution plus culturally if you're disabled you have to be evil so mantra in ramayan is a hunchback and plain conniving and a quick survey of literature and movies tells you that the disabled are never ever seen just as regular as everybody else and that's not just in our culture by the way the celebrated greeks they used to throw ill-formed babies 
out to die rather than having a disabled person amidst their pursuit of truth and beauty so beauty is linked to goodness and ugliness to badness now the word disability occurs in the constitution as a social impairment for example article 17 but the single constitutional provision that speaks explicitly of disability is article 41 which addresses the state's commitment to providing public assistance in cases of hear this out unemployment old age sickness and disablement and other cases of undeserved want all negatives and by the way article 41 is not a right it's a directive principle of state policy just general ambitions of the state and the second constitutional reference to abilities under article 326 which talks about the right to vote which can be denied if you are unsound of mind that's it two articles which talks about the huge differences we have as individuals and citizens and by the way nowhere is unsoundness of mind actually described or discussed and that's where my college steps in tada but hold on there's a bit of a journey before that so in 1970 the federation of the blind was set up and the history of the rights of the disabled starts with the history of the organized blind and have a look at the links below to find out more and it was in zakrat sen college in 1974 that the national students organization of the blind was formed and these guys began to put pressure on delhi university to accommodate the blind and du led the way in 1994 delhi university reserved 3% of the college teaching positions for the visually challenged wow major victory but still the university was just one small space and just one university There was still no law, just a memorandum. Since 1977, there was a memorandum to secure jobs for Class C and D jobs. But what about the fight over the great UPSC, the IS jobs? Should the great hallmark of Indian ambition, the UPSC, accommodate the visually challenged? Under Article 32 of the Constitution, a writ petition was filed and heard by the Supreme Court in 1993 that the UPSC recognized the visually challenged. and the assumption that the disabled are deficient are demonstrated in the court's observations hear this out mr rangta himself visually challenged has argued his case with utmost clarity mr rangta was fully conversant with all the relevant annexes to the petition he referred to the relevant pages in the bulky book with perfect ease We did not feel even for a moment that the case was being argued by a visually handicapped lawyer. Mr. Rangta's performance before us ably proves the point that the visually challenged can perform jobs entrusted to them with equal efficiency. And that's how the disabled are projected. Their efficiency forever questioned, their ability always doubted, their normality and functionality a matter of surprise. By the way the 2011 census estimated that the number of people with disabilities in India is close to 2.68 crore that's 2.2% of the population hmm so in national federation of blind versus upsc 1993 the supreme court said that the upsc must permit visually impaired persons to take the exam with the help of a scribe or in braille yeah so affirmative action ought to expand and has expanded in india to reflect the diversity in society The PWD Act 1995 was India's first act which recognized the rights of the disabled with just seven disabilities but as equal citizens to participate access work for the first time and the whole point is that this was read into 
the constitution broad luminous vision flowing from article 14 and 21 and it didn't happen magically by the way it took strikes picketing dharnas to demand a law which apart from providing 3% reservations for people with disability led to spaces being more accessible to the differently able like buses and airports but it also produced a medicalized vision of disability which set the peg of disability at 40% but is disability measurable and what happened to maya in maya devi versus state of maharashtra 1985 the court said that the husband's consent has nothing to do with maya's training and even though women are a different class from men this restriction is unconstitutional and struck down that rule so today's takeaway is that abilities and disabilities are frequently imagined and imposed we are what we are sometimes a choice sometimes not and it is for the state to accommodate us did you like the show share it with your friends yeah go ahead Until next time this is me Priya Mirza signing out